0: What's up, Matt? Baby. It's a long day. I'm excited to record. Yeah, me too. I, um, I've, been, I've been fired up all day, you know. It's just... It's, 20, it's 2021, you know. It's just... Omicron just came out. Um, well, I'm not sure when this episode's releasing, but Omicron just came out as of November 29th. The market was in shambles. Actually, no, that was on Friday last week friday so the 26 the market was in shambles um, my gambling addiction was in jeopardy and um it was not great not great have you I don't made have any good plays guys. in the last yeah <laughs> have you made gotta, any good plays gotta, in the last two that. weeks um you know i um i, I usually just end up breaking even <laughs> okay that's good that's better than losing yeah i'd like to preface uh, with everyone i don't have an issue Says the guy who has an issue. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't only invest if you know what you're doing and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Not financial advice. Not
1: financial advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, funny enough, um, we may touch on gambling in today's episode. Um,
0: oh, I think we might. I, I can see. Yeah, that I think we happen.
1: are. And I, I, I'm i excited to kind of go down the rabbit hole here. Now, um, this has been on the, the back burner of anything's possible topics for... Uh, a little while i think i wrote this down a little while ago with the expectation of really focusing on on the digital realm for card games um games like hearthstone magic The gathering arena um, legends of runeterra uh, gwent uh, all these digitally native card games that have really gotten big in um you know in the last seven years really since 2014 when hearthstone came out and really changed the landscape for digital card games and um as I started doing research on the topic, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and um, ended up learning so much about card games in general and um, how universal, how universal they really are for just the human experience and the human cultures in general.
0: I mean, think about it, right? It, it, it's like the one game that everyone plays some variation of, whether you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Whether you're gambling at the casinos, whether you're my dad that plays solitaire for like two hours every night, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone in some shape or form has engaged in card games. You know, and I mean, I think probably a lot of what our listeners will think of when we talk about card games are the games like Hearthstone, Yu Gi Oh, uh, Magic the Gathering, or any of the other offshoot card games that have came out. There's hundreds, right? Um, hundreds. But there's oh, also there's so, many, so many. Whether it's like and again, I, I'm pulling a lot to the gambling realm today, but like blackjack, um, you know, Texas so many casino them, games, five card stud, um, spades, so many non casino games with normal playing cards like, you know, gold, go fish, goldfish, go fish. excuse yeah. me <laughs> um, um, <laughs> or even drinking um, games like spades, drinking games, um, 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 King's
1: Cup. <laughs> There's cup, <laughs> just so many
0: Egyptian rat slap, uh, I think is another one. Oh, um, Egyptian
1: rat screw. Isn't that one called? Um, played maybe, that a lot. Sure. before. war. Um, There's so many. There, There is just a wide history of card games that go back um, actually all the way to um, 9th century China, as far as back as we can tell. Um, back then, uh, card games actually served, or cards, served as proxies for money um, in games back then. They were actually called uh, called money-suited cards, um, or the Japanese word for money-suited cards. and. Early then, cards even had different suits, up to four different suits, depending on the variation of cards that you would use. Um, Ninth century China, so going back very far. Um, All the way back to 13th century Persia, there was a card game called, um, I'm going to butcher the name here, uh, Ganjifei. Uh, And in India, in the 16th century, there was a version of Ganjifei. um, But the cards were circular, kind of like modern-day pogs. Um, Ooh. circular, circular, like kind of cut out cards, um, in Egypt, they even had a game called butcher this one too, Mamluk, Mamluk, M-A-M-L-U-K.
0: Mamluk. I uh, buy that. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's just always been a, a card game that has been played throughout the historical cultures, um, in the last thousand, more than a thousand years. And as cards move through the, through Europe, uh, the suits of the cards, the types of cards that we used have evolved. Um, And through the centuries, France is actually the country that has established the modern deck um, of the most, you know, the most popular deck a four suit 52 card deck that is used in every casino all across the world um, and is known, um, you know, pretty widely for the last 200 years um, and is the basis for a game like poker. Um, Poker actually does come from an Italian bluffing betting game called Primero. Um, which evolved through the years and made its way overseas over the Pacific to Canada in the early 1800s, where it was played on steamboats and western saloons all throughout the United States in the early 1800s, eventually becoming the most popular game, getting banned, getting legalized, getting, you know, (laughs) getting people in all sorts of trouble, blah, 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 eventually leading to, you know, the mecca of, card game (laughs) the the mecca city of card games really uh las vegas nevada being formed in the united states um you know the the thing is i i want to the reason i mention all this is i want to really sell the idea of you know how card games have evolved the fact that we as humans have really been playing them for longer than you even realize um longer than we really think about and they're a huge backbone for the infrastructure of a lot of cities a lot of places Um, New Jersey had a very large gambling, um, you know, gambling population and casino population um, up until they moved over to Las Vegas, Nevada, where now Las Vegas is obviously the worldwide mecca for the World Series of Poker and all sorts of other card games that you can play there. Now, the gamers, I'd say the, the nerdy gamers introduction to modern day card games, it's often the trading card game or the collectible card game, Right. And in 1993, a little card game comes out, collectible card game called Magic: The Gathering. Okay, 1993. Now,
0: Lucas, is Magic: The Gathering is that the same kind of game someone may play? You know, if, if you're at the blackjack table, you know, if I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm in Vegas, if I'm at the blackjack table, and you know, I say, "Hey, after this hand, do you, do you guys want to go play uh, some, some Magic: The Gathering?" <laughs> what <that>, what kind of <laughs> response am I going to get?
1: Unfortunately, no. I actually got some fun numbers for you on this one. uh Ooh. For Ma- Magic the Gathering, the the world champion of Magic the Gathering, I believe, and would it have been two thousand seven, two thousand eight, won the grand prix for Magic the Gathering and won about fifty thousand dollars in prize money. Good chunk of change.
0: When Same age.
1: This, this was a. Uh, I'm sorry. What year? Yeah. Uh, man, I, I remember the deck that he ran, and it had this, it had Siege Rhino. It must have been 2000, 2009 or
0: 2010. Damn, there was that kind uh, of money in it back then. That's insane.
1: Yeah, you know, it might even be a little bit further if I'm getting my cards confused. But there's there's money in Magic the Gathering. But check this out. The World Series of Poker, two years ago, or, you know, pre-pandemic, $7 million plus for the number one prize pool for the World Series of Ooh. Poker, Car- card games. And uh, just just to take a step back, a um, lot of this information is coming from Crash Course, um, awesome YouTube channel, um, great YouTube video on the history of card games. Um, and they talk about those numbers to really legitima- legitimize and sell the idea that card games are you know lucrative, they're cared about, um, they're interesting, they're fun. Um, and I think pretty much everyone listening or watching the video or listens to the podcast um, Has probably played a card game, uh, probably played multiple card games throughout their life, especially since um, me and you, Matt, as sort of 90s kids born in 95 and 96, um, remember growing up heavily with the Pokemon card game, which came out in 1999.
0: Right. Yeah, Lucas, I'm not going to lie to you. I was never really a Pokemon guy. Uh, (laughs) Card game wise card game wise you had um, pokemon cards though i did have pokemon cards i notably tried to trade away one of my sister's cards to one of my neighbors um that did not go over well you know what else i had lucas i had digimon cards
1: you want to rest your digimon ca- okay hang on digimon card feels like an oxymoron since they're digital does that make sense Digimon I mean, aren't they supposed to be digital okay, monsters and-
0: Pokemon or Pocket Monsters. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know, the flavor, flavor um, feels like it makes a little bit more sense in Pokemon. But continue. I'll give you that. Um, I don't even know where I was going now. But no, I was a, I was the Digimon. As far as collecting cards, I loved collecting the Digimon cards. I had Pokemon cards just because that's what everyone had also at our age. I never learned. I, I still don't know how to play the game. Um, some of my friends now, shout out to my buddy Corbin. And uh Zach, they're both very into the Pokemon card game as well. So and, and play it like competitively today. So respect that. And um but what what I was really into, Lucas, was a Yu-Gi-Oh!. Still am. Not yeah. not so much the modern game. I actually there's like there's been so many iterations, because I mean how else do they gonna keep it interesting, right? Like they just keep adding like a new layer of rules every season that the TV show comes out. Um, I think most recently there's like pendulum summoning and XYZ summoning are the most recent ones, which I don't know anything about. I gave up after synchro summoning, but yeah, I was a I was a big <laughs> big big Yu Gi Oh guy. I played all the games growing up, like because I mean, not you couldn't play a lot of games like card games with people growing up. I mean, not everyone was playing Yu Gi Oh, right? And it wasn't very, you know, like accessible to get like the good cards and everything as a young child. So I played like all the video games that came out for the card game growing up. And it's just a good time. And fun fact, I learned how to play the card game from watching the TV show. And if you ever watched Yu-Gi-Oh, they kind of just say well, the rules are very I'm different. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had to like I, I learned the very basics of the game from the show. And then, of course. You, I actually learned how to play the game once I started playing the video games for the card game. And, um, yeah, that's that's my brief history with uh, card games and cards in general. And uh, a little bit of Hearthstone here and there. Um, I don't know if I've brought this up before by Internet Blizzard. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, I'm not even really that proud of that anymore, to be honest. But <laughs> it's, Yeah, it's hard to be proud of that. With- yeah. Yeah. um it was cool at the time but not so cool anymore but yeah i dipped my toes in a hearth still a little bit not did it didn't it catch on for me too much personally it was like very okay i think um and most recently and i, I could i think you could, in a way you can almost consider this a card game I, we've been playing a lot of tft um, i'm going to touch
1: on that a little bit actually oh yeah well hey i got you don't coming. let me stop you
0: <laughs> take it away
1: no, no, I love I love the history, <laughs> um, the personal Matt history with card games. Um, I think we all kind of grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in one way or another on the playground, um, whether you bought a starter deck at like Target or Walmart, you know, for 10 bucks, and you play a little bit of that. Um, and there was always some interesting game design elements that I think were really invisible to me as a little kid. And I think that as I've grown up and played more card games, got really into Magic when I was in high school. Um, I learned uh, certain things about Yu-Gi-Oh down the line that I both like it for and don't like it for, which I'm going to go into a little bit of card game design down the line. Um, But basically in the 90s, we had a crazy craze of trading card and collectible card games that came out, um, including like literally hundreds, a Mortal Kombat card game, a 007 card game, an X-Files card game, a SimCity card game several Middle Earth card games, a Doctor Who card game, a Xena the Warrior Princess card game, and even an Austin Powers card game.
0: Really? Uh, Yeah, crazy.
1: Um, Just a ton of, of games. And I think, you know, it's really the quick startup Um, the cheap barrier to entry, and just the natural ease of a card game being able to line itself up with an existing IP. Basically, if you had a popular anime in the early 2000s or mid-2000s, then it had a card game associated with that anime. There was like a Bleach card game, there was Dragon Ball card games, Naruto, there was everything. So card games over the last 30 years have kind of continued along, but obviously the big card games have really stuck around. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering. Um, And, you know, these are very specific types of card games where you're trading cards, you're collecting cards, you're building a deck, and you're playing against another player, typically in a one-on-one setting. Um, Lots of strategy, deceptively simple gameplay, easy to learn, very difficult to master, with, this is very important, a very high element of luck, which is unique to card games, is what I learned in my research, and I'm going to go into that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, tons of... Tons of different card games that have existed. And in terms of card game design, I'm going to start going into design a little bit here, is the gamut of card game design is the spectrum is gigantic. Yeah. It turns out the the hundreds of card games that came out in the 90s, most of them kind of sucked, turns out. Um, it's very rare for a game to really survive because it's really difficult to design a game that's fun that's timeless and has a barrier entry that stays I mean, relatively low. All over time. those
0: games coming out before, right? Is like the equivalent of every any any game with any PvP element making it a battle royale today, right? It's everyone just trying to cash in and get in on the hype.
1: Totally. That's totally right. Yeah. And that's that's a really good point, you know, is like card games back then, I think, were really seen as like you know, this is pre like you know jumping into a hundred person game of like a battle royale or jumping into a lobby instantly and playing against you know hundreds of players online in a night card games are really an offshoot of the board game which was more community-based person-based physical-based you know something that people were more used to and game design digital game design video game design I should say Um, wasn't quite where it needed to be, but the card games were solid, especially Magic the Gathering, which is the one that I have the biggest heart for.
0: Hey, let me Uh, ask you something, actually bringing up video games here. What's up? Is Hearthstone a video game or a card game?
1: Now it's a video game because it cannot function very well as a physical card game. A lot of speed, a lot of elements of randomness, a lot of RNG. Um, You'd have to shuffle your deck like a hundred times in a match, in order for it to replicate uh, what's going on physically. But um, yeah, Hearthstone's interesting in that regard. Um, and there's a few other digital only card games that I think also are kind of in a weird sphere, but um, interesting nonetheless. Now, big thing card games, resources. Okay. Now, when it comes to card games, uh, one kind of element of design that's had a lot of staying power has really been resource management how does your card game manage resources um you brought up Yu-Gi-Oh, which is interesting in the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh, i remember um you were just able to summon a blue eyes white dragon without sacrificing <laughs> like in the first season they just summon big cards without sacrificing creatures I mean, they
0: don't play remotely close to the rules like you, you can activate a spell card whenever you want chop cards have like no meaning relative to when they can be used um, you started with 2000 life points instead of instead of eight actually, I, I don't it should it's typically eight I, to be fair I don't know what like the standard was when the game actually came out but typically it's eight um, Well yeah, I do totally I do different.
1: remember I do remember that there in the very early days of Yu-Gi-Oh when even I was playing like when I was in elementary school is there was people that played the game in that you didn't have to sacrifice monsters in order to summon a bigger creature and they would right because that's i mean that's what we all thought it was that's what that's what they did and then in the show when they do the second arc um or it might be the third arc which is the battle city tournament um, they, they explicitly
0: start... yeah. <laughs> explicitly
1: state like, oh, in order to, and they say they're so dramatic about it. In order to summon the big creature, you have to sacrifice smaller yeah. creatures. Yeah. And that creates a resource in Yu-Gi-Oh! And you, know, you mentioned that Yu-Gi-Oh! is really evolved in terms of its mechanics, in terms of its different summoning, um, probably because it's a, no, a new, interesting way to manage resources because Yu-Gi-Oh! does not have an innate resource system like Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone. You know, so Well,
0: your monsters, right, are your resources.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they double up as resources and monsters, which I think makes Yu-Gi-Oh! pretty interesting. Um, Match at the Gathering uses a five-color mana system where each color has its own advantages and disadvantages, which means that deck building often revolves around the management of these colors within your deck. Hearthstone, very simple. Each turn, you get one mana, um, upping your maximum mana pool, and you're able to kind of... You know, build your deck with very easy mana curve, and you know manage your resources turn over turn um, with your mana. You know, so very simple there. I'm gonna take it back to poker real quick. I'm gonna blow your mind. Ready? Please. Poker is a card game with resources as well. The resource is hard Some money. Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the price of entry, the the cost of uh, each turn. Is your resource in poker is money. Right now, it's weird to That's think. That's pretty
0: interesting. I mean, yeah. Hearthstone is just poker with mana and vice versa, right? <laughs>
1: and spending mana per turn in order to play and managing that mana or money turn over turn uh, in the long run. Yeah. yeah. The only difference is that your money doesn't reset or doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. It's yeah. <laughs> interesting there. The next uh, game design element I want to touch on is combat. A uh, lot of these card games that we that we know and love have, whether they're digital or physical, um, have elements of combat. Combat, it's just a game trope in general. You know, combat is, parring like Settlers of Catan, I don't know a single game I play that doesn't have like some form of combat in it, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in one yeah. way or another, there's always
0: combat, right? So card games are kind I of... I mean, no Settlers different. of Catan brings combat outside of the outside of the, the board game, army
1: I army think, card so. oh yeah <laughs> yeah it yeah. does it does the army card is the closest thing to combat in settlers the but card yeah yeah which is like not it's very indirect combat but nonetheless combat how does your game handle combat if you're if you're a card game right um do the creatures fight each other directly do they have different attributes that stop them from hitting each other um in magic um there's interesting things mechanics like flying Right. So a creature with flying can't be blocked unless there's a creature that also has flying attempting to block it. Um, You know, and in magic, what's also interesting is when a creature attacks, it's not necessary that the defending player defends with a creature. Right. You can choose not to block and therefore choose to save your creature from dying. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh! Similar
0: in that way, right?
1: Heartstone is actually, you have to kill every creature in order to attack directly.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So it's That's more how you similar to Yu Gi Oh. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's similar to Yu Gi so Oh. So you have the creatures.
0: Rune Terra, you have the option, right? Or am I making that up?
1: Yeah, I've heard Rune Terra is a combination of Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone, more or less. Yeah, I've
0: played a little Rune Terra.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm looking to play that after doing a lot of the research here because I heard it's pretty solid, actually. Um, now, combat is interesting because different card games all have a very, very unique way of handling it. You know, even to the point of like, can you attack life points directly? Can you not? You know, or life points or health or whatever you call it. Um, do creatures function as like meat shields like they do in Hearthstone or Yu Gi Oh! or they become more utilitarian and have all these different effects? Can they be face down like in Yu Gi Oh!? Can they? There's even magic cards that have the ability to be face down too, which I find very interesting. Um, or do they have like enter the battlefield effects or long-term effects, static effects, actives, things like that. Um, Creatures and combat always plays a very, very big role in card games. Poker. Blow your mind. All right. Just like combat between creatures and direct combat between players in these other card games we're describing, there's combat in poker too, but it's psychological combat, and it's the resource that you're playing for is money. Right. So as a card game, if you want to kind of reverse engineer, I know it sounds weird to say it, but if you want to reverse engineer the design of poker and think from a game card game perspective first and poker perspective second, even though poker predates it by far and away, uh, you can sort of Get analogies for card game design between the two. You can get get a little one to one, right? Yeah, Yeah. you like quite literally, you can. So, through a whole night of playing poker, which we've done, had some solid poker nights of some Texas Hold'em, is you do have combat with people throughout the play when it comes down to kind of a one on one situation. You know, last card to, you know, last card to come out in Texas Hold'em. You know, a lot of resources on the line. Your resources become your ability to play. The combat with the player is what you're fighting, right? That's what I find very, very interesting. The last thing with card games that I want to touch on here, um, randomness, games of chance, okay? Now, there is an element of card games, many card games, pretty much all of them. Randomness is a huge portion of it, right? It's not overt randomness. It's not necessarily just a dice roll or a coin flip 50-50. It's a little bit of a stacked randomness that we invite when we're playing these kind of card games, right? So learning how to deal with randomness is one of the most fun things, in my opinion. There's a lot of gamers that don't like that. Right. I mean, There's it's a lot all of people... about
0: adaptability, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Now One thing is I'm not sure if I ever have talked about Richard Garfield's luck versus skill uh, continuum. Have I talked about this on this pod before or told you about Uh, it?
0: I don't think so. No, I'm not even familiar.
1: So Richard Garfield is uh, the creator of Magic the Gathering. Um, Incredible game mind. Um, He has a great, great talk. It's on YouTube. It's the luck versus skill Dr. Richard Garfield. It's actually on like on a cruise ship, the magic cruise (laughs) Um, where he's giving a talk, a PowerPoint presentation on kind of the idea of luck versus skill when it comes to games. And he has a continuum of games that, you know, picture an XY graph, Um, X-axis is skill, and the Y-axis is luck. So a low skill, low luck game would be like tic-tac-toe, right? There's not really a whole lot of skill involved, there's no luck involved. It's just kind of a game. (laughs) It's just there's nothing. It's not that interesting to play. That's what it comes down to. Your no skill high luck game is bingo, right? You're not doing anything. In fact, there's zero skill involved. You're just kind of waiting for numbers to get called and just kind of putting things down. Uh, High skill, no luck chess, right? There's no luck involved in chess whatsoever, but
0: no, it's yeah. still
1: it's it's a dynamic game to play. It's very fun. We love playing it, all that. High skill, high luck would be poker, okay? And some of these card games that we like to play like Yu-Gi-Oh, TFT, Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone, there is such a high element of luck that we we don't even really think about it sometimes because we go, oh, I built this deck, so I'm going to get this card. But everyone has felt in one way or another, oh my God, it's just it's just not in the cards, right? In fact, the whole concept in Yu-Gi-Oh! about Heart of the Cards is where this element of luck is supposed to come into play, right? Where the element of luck is on your side. And that's, I think, such a core element to card games is this high luck element that we... Like there's nothing better than like getting the thing that you want at the time that you need it. And that's what card games allow for that chess can never allow for.
0: Yeah. I'm a big fan of the uh heart of the cards concept.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: just as a concept just in principle. Yeah. It's happened to me many times. Legit. Yeah, oh yeah. Um it also helps that in some of the games I've played like the video game versions of Yu-Gi-Oh. They literally had a function called destiny draw, which is where <laughs> You could like pre-select games or excuse me, pre-select cards before your match started. Um, that would be like if they're in your deck at that point, and you are like like last hit situation where you're about to die. Like next turn, if you don't get the perfect card, you can do a destiny draw where you can you like get that card automatically. Basically, that's, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. And uh, so br- I have had so, a few so organic fun. situations though where. I just like randomly got the card I needed, like the last chance, and like turned the game around and won. I was like, oh, such a good feeling.
1: That's awesome. There is a there's a Magic the Gathering mechanic. Um, it's called Miracle, I believe. It was it's kind of an old one. It hasn't really been around for for a, like a little while. But the concept of it is if you have no cards in your hand and you top deck a Miracle card, it has like an insanely strong effect that's really buffed. Like, it has a normal effect, but it has a miracle effect. And, like, there were decks, there were deck concepts when those cards were around that, like, would revolve around emptying your hand as quickly as possible and stacking miracle cards on top. So you just keep getting, like, crazy top deck situations. So that is, like, playing into the whole idea of, like, luck being a primary mean of, like, of joy out of your card game. Um, And I think it it should never be neglected. You know, I think we got to lean into a, a level of high skill and high luck when it comes to our card games. And um, that brings us to a few a few little uh, categories here that I want to touch on, which is the digital card game and the card game hybrid, um, or the deck building card game. So digital card games have had a huge surge since 2014 with Hearthstone. Um, we have Runeterra. We got Gwent. Um, we have the Valve one. Um, oh god, it's slipping my mind. Artifact. Um, and then we Not have sure. yeah. And then we have like a number of different ones that have kind of come around due to things like so, sort of the digitization of classic card games that have been around. So Magic the Gathering Arena, for instance, is like a really big one. And even the Yu-Gi-Oh! card games that that you're into, like on Steam. Right. So there's a, a big influx of card games that have kind of come around. And I think what makes those card games so interesting is that in many of the games that we play the luck element is sort of not as pronounced, right? Like, I mean, we, you know, everybody's obsessed with battle royales right now. There's a high degree of luck when it comes to looting, but it's not quite the same feeling of luck as you have in something like, you know, like a Yu-Gi-Oh! Where the luck is more, less of an overt randomness and more of a stacked randomness where you chose that miracle card in a certain way, yeah. right? You kind of yeah. stack the odds in your favor to get what you want, but there's still always like the the heart of the cards that has to come into play. Where in, if you just jump into a house, if you drop on a hot zone in Apex and there's just not a gun in the house, you just die. So just die. It's, yeah. less, it's just less fun to, to have the dice get rolled in that regard as opposed to the card game roll, right? So that's why I think I really like and appreciate the card game. And even things like, like TFT or auto chess, you know, there's now an an even another uh, genre of game that's really emerging that Riot has really taken to, which is um, teamfight tactics or auto chess genre of games. And those are half card games, half auto battler games. And I know that Hearthstone has a mode very similar to it as well. Mm -hmm. And what's very interesting about that is that it does have that, it, it has a higher level of luck um, than you then you would have in a normal game of Hearthstone or in any game of League, right? There's a huge amount of luck. And I think that for that reason, you know, me and you really like TFT, right? Because yeah. you you like luck when in your video games. You like that element of chance, whereas many of people in our audience or gamers that we know are like, oh, man, I just I played the game. I didn't get anything I wanted. And it's a bad game.
0: <laughs> I um you know. I need that element of luck because I'm bad at other video games.
1: (laughs) See, (laughs) wait, that's, that's seriously though. I think that that is like sort of an equalizer for people. And I think it's interesting, but you also really like chess too, which has zero luck.
0: Yeah, but I'm fucking bad at chess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i like chess but i'm really bad at it <laughs> well, hey, but i think I it's mean, really can't,
1: fun <laughs> can't have it all we should there's probably some variation of chess that has randomness in it that would be pretty fun
0: chess.com has a lot of really like unique like one-off game modes that are kind of have a lot of that in it and stuff um but i, I think we should maybe host a, a tfp chess tournament I think that could be fun
1: Ooh, that would be super fun actually yeah. i like that a lot um Anyway, uh, I, I nerded out on doing some research on the game design elements here of card games, and I think the, the biggest thing that I kind of centered on was the element of randomness, which is very pronounced and proudly worn by all card games, um, at least all, car- all the card games that I've ever played. Um, and I think that we can never neglect that element. I think that we should always lean into it and and embrace it because it is an equalizer, for one thing. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's nothing better than like really, really just kind of getting that level three singed at the last second. (laughs) And like, it's exhilarating. You know, (laughs) and it's like, did you necessarily earn it? Eh, You know, is it a reward for hard work? Is it, was it a grind to get the singed? Kind of not really. You know, there's just. (laughs) But
0: hey, you know, I mean, I I think a big part of the game, right, is or things like that is, are do games like TFT have a lot of randomness? Yeah, for example, every you never know what kind of role is going to come up every time you click the reroll button or every time a new round starts. However, what you can do is you can strategically, um, work within the randomness to make it less random right exactly that's what i'm saying and and tft you know there's a set amount of each champion um so you know if i know i need a, a particular level two champion and i have a lot of gold to spare what i'll do is okay i'll start rolling through and i'll pick up every other level two champion that's out there because then it's more likely I'll get the other level two champion that'll show up eventually and little things like that and I mean like and and all these card games right like Yu-Gi-Oh! Hearthstone I mean yeah some of it's random with like the cards you draw but that's controlled randomness because you're the one that put those cards in your deck in the first place right and it's up to you as a player to being able to work with whatever whatever randomness you get Now, of course, you might just get like six draws of magic cards straight for some reason to be absolutely fucked or have no monsters. You can summon that to me a few times in Yu Gi Oh! But I'm sure there's other variations of that where you just get absolutely destroyed by your draws in Hearthstone or Magic, whatever game you may be playing. But there's plenty of other times, too, where I mean, in the majority of the time, where if you build out your deck well enough or your whatever, your um, resources are in that game you're able to work within that randomness to create a positive result no matter what
1: exactly and like that's exactly. what's
0: it that's what sets top tft players apart right i mean if it was totally just built off randomness then like anyone could be potentially grandmaster or plat diamond master what have you but the people that can really thrive in those scenarios are the people that can pivot, you know, pivot their builds, pivot their strategies mid game when they're recognizing, okay, I'm not getting as many of these or oh, someone's already taken all this resource, things like that.
1: Totally, man. Didn't, didn't think we get a TFT lesson on this episode. I love it.
0: It's making me want to play more TFT, honestly. I know. I know the
1: new set is, is fun and um, it's always fun to get like a little dopamine hit that gambling provides in TFT um, (laughs) unlike any other game that we play, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, for anybody else interested in more, uh, card games, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of board games out there and card games kind of go along with that. Um, deck building games are really great for those of you trying to kind of dive in Dominion, uh, obviously the first and really popular deck building game. I have played legendary, which is a Marvel deck
0: building game
1: and it is very, very fun.
0: Big Marvel guys. So I'd probably like it.
1: Yeah. Spider-Man apparently t- in it. There's a, yeah, Spider-Man, basically every Marvel hero is in, in that card building or that deck building game. And it's, it's, it's really fun. It requires less board than most board games, you know, it's, it's less of a board game and it's more of a tabletop card game, you know, um, there's an attack on Titan deck building game. That seems cool. There's two Rick, there's two Rick and Morty ones. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's, it's, it's very easy to kind of for companies to take an IP and start double dipping into the tabletop, you know, card game genre yeah, um, as we've seen over the last 30 years. But um, I think there's a higher higher level of quality that we demand in our board games and tabletop games these days. So hopefully all these are at least decent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, you know, I just want to leave everybody with a few things. Uh, you know, next time you're out and about is, you know, really think about how much card games have played a role in your life. You know, whether it's great memories of Uno with your family during Christmas or, you know, if you ever played competitive Magic of the gathering or you love poker nights with your buds, you know, um, these are all card games, you know, each with varying degrees of luck and skill and they're fun nonetheless. Right. Yes. Um, we're all part of this just long history of humans that have had this universal love and interest in card games. And, you know, for a thousand years, we've been interested in it. Um, card games have been used to tell our future with tarot cards, People win and lose millions at the poker table in seconds because of cards. And some cards uh, are worth more than their own weight in gold. Many cards are. Um, and it's just incredible as a society that we value cards that much, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a whole nother topic of just how ridiculously inflated <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> cards have gotten the past like year and a half, two years. Um, I know, man. That's to a, to I, I, do, I don't even less. want to
1: act like I know anything about that because I really don't. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. But yeah, man, that about wraps it up for me and uh card games, their
0: history and their design. I love it. That was a fun one. Your lecture series are always fun. We, I, I, I think just for branding consistency' sake, we got to keep these as anything's possible. But there's another world out there, an alternate universe where you have your own lecture series within the podcast. <laughs>
1: we got to start branding these, huh?
0: And I'm like the I'm like the young, eager college student that just wants <laughs> to learn. Um, yeah. All right, everyone, um, as always, if you want to hit us up, chat, shoot us an email, thanksforplayingpod.gmail.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube where you can catch these live streams live um, as well as some clips we'll post here and there when we have a chance. Additionally, as well, guys, don't forget, um, hey, come hang on our Discord. You can find it at thanksforplaying.live as well as um, on our Instagram and twitter both of which are at tfp Podcasts. that's at tfp podcasts with an s at the end and yeah if you want to hang out with your good buddy matt maybe maybe tell me how lame my beard is because it hasn't filled in looks Um, great thanks man you're my inspiration i really mean that yeah (laughs) normally normally you're the one with the beard but you're a little more clean shaven than me right now which is pretty opposite actually this is um, weird Little real reversal. Yeah, a little role playing. <laughs> little Uno reverse. <laughs> um, or, or, uh, I lost track. Wow. Uh, hang out with your good buddy Matt on Twitter. Good idea, Matthew Lucas. Where can we find you? And thank you, Alec, for a um, quick shout out to our friend Alec in the chat for hanging out and um, enjoying the pod with us.
1: Thank you very much, Alec. Um, you can find me on uh, the Discord server. You can find the Discord server, like Matt said, by going to thanksforplaying.live. Um, finding me always chatting in there and chiming in on anything, video games, um, game theory, game news, um, sales on steam or, uh, our super Metroid Monday hot take series, um, where we're allowing our audience to jump in and give their super hot takes, um, Mm -hmm. every single Monday. So come join us there. Come talk. to me. It's fun.
0: I'm really enjoying the hot takes. It spurs a lot of fun discussion.
1: Yeah, um, totally.
0: No one's a dick, which is nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm loving
0: our community. Yeah, it's awesome. Love it. All right, everyone. Remember, anything's possible. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to The Real Call Bunch and Red Circle.